Hi, it's Damien Christoph here. Are you ready to take your life to the most incredible level possible in 2016? Well, we've had three sold out wellness summits these last few years, but honestly, nothing comes close to the wellness breakthrough and we have just three spots remaining. Your favorite wellness couch experts, the wellness guys, Karen Smith, Kim Morrison, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witten, Marcus Pierce, and of course, Carl Brock are gathering in the Dandenong Ranges for three days and two nights for one incredible event. If you want possibly the greatest peer group in health and wellness to help you catapult your life to the next level, then we'd love to see you at the Wellness Breakthrough from February 5th to the 7th. But again, there's only three spots available. Entry to the breakthrough is by application only, and to apply, simply email your contact details to marcus at thewellnesscouch.com. Thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, the final one of 2015. This is a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the fabulous co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is the wellness psychic. He's Dr. Damien Christoph. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you, MP? I'm well. You ready to weave your psychic magic? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm tapped in, mate. I am tapped in. Great. This episode proudly brought to you by the 2016 Greek Island Icaria Longevity Retreat. The countdown is on. This is 10 Days in Paradise with Damo and myself and an intimate group of longevity enthusiasts. If you'd like to learn more about joining Damo and I and an intimate group of like-minded people in this magical blue zone, then go to www.100notout.com and find out everything there. Now, Damo, MP. Happy New Year to you, great man. Thank you, my friend. This is Merry this Christmas. Is Happy New Year. I love Merry this. Christmas. I love it. I love all this. I'd love to say how was your Christmas, but let's be honest, this has been recorded before Very Christmas. Recorded. And so all I know is that you did an incredible job cooking for forty people. Forty seven. On Christmas. Forty seven. Mm. Oh my god. Actually forty eight. Forty eight. Forty eight. Yeah, it's gone. You up. forgot yourself. Well, hey, that's right. I just bought all the bonbons. Forty eight. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I hope you got four dozen. Like it, it's nice and clean. Forty eight, four dozen. Yeah, I've got a Kogan. Love Kogan. You love Kogan, don't you? You oh, live there. We should get sponsorship um, from Kogan. Yes, good idea. Yeah, good why call. Don't we do that? yeah. that'd, that'd be a great fit for the wellness couch. Write that one down. <laughs> Imagine that. I love it. You'd be in heaven. You'd oh, get your special gosh. discounts, wouldn't you? Your discounts on your discounts. Oh. Um, now I lost my train of thought. You, we recorded this before Christmas Day, folks. But um, if there's one thing that I know, you would have had a fabulous Christmas Day, Damien. And all of our listeners, hope you had a wonderful Christmas Day. But Damien, this is the time of the year where we look into 2016 mm. and we think what's going to happen in in the health and wellness world. But if we if we jumped straight in, if we jumped straight into the deep end and forgot about 2015, it's been a massive year in the wellness world. So so let's reflect on some of the highlights <laughs> and the lowlights. Of this year, and there's been yeah. plenty of lowlights. It has been a big fall for the wellness sphere that the wellness sphere needed to have, in my yeah. view. What yeah, yeah, I absolutely. You know, there's there's all kinds of booms and um, and then troughs. You know, we live in a banana republic. Just ask, you know, one of our many former prime ministers ago, Bob Hawke, said that we live in a banana republic. I think it was. Um, his treasurer at the time might have been Keating, might have been the treasurer, I think, or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know what that means. Part of my ignorance. The Banana Republic means that basically you have ups and downs. There'll be highs and then troughs. 
and um, and the dollar's done that. Of course, you know, look at the dollar, but wellness has done that. Wellness has gone from hero to zero very, very quickly, and then it's rising back up to being hero again. Um, but you know, but in a reinvented way. What ends up happening with any kind of banana republic is that you clear out the rubbish. You get rid of all the you're sorting the, the chaff from the wheat if we try to use it. You know, I want to do one of those really analogy. cheeky coughs and go, Bell Gibson. But I think I just did it. <laughs> yeah, go on. Why don't you try to disguise it? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, so, yeah. We, we know that there was some absolute trash in wellness this year. Absolute trash tripe. Um, and it's great that those people are out of wellness now because they're bringing they're bringing the wellness fear down. And I think what the the problem the problem with that is that those people that were sitting on the fence are now going. Your wellness people are all you know kooky wacky crazy. You're just a bunch of flip, fish slappers. Uh, but uh, you know there might be some that fell over the other edge and said, oh wow, here I am. I've ended up in wellness world. Um, I might try and do some of this stuff. But when you get the charlatans out there, the ones that um, you know, strike a chord with the detractors and they make, you know, mainstream media presence. Um, it means that, you know, many people run away, which is a shame because all the hard work that's been done in the past by many others flying the right flag, um, and there's plenty of people that we can name, you know, in, in this regard that have been doing a great job, Lola Berry, Nat Kringudis, um, our mate Pete, even though he's been very, very contentious, he's done some great things. Oh, he's had he's had balls. I love Pete. He's, he's got guts, big brass monkeys. He's got brass yeah. monkeys. That guy, he really <laughs> does. You know, he just sticks on the chopping board. Um, and look, you know, to be fair, it, chiropractic has copped a pounding this year. You know, it's it's really copped it from you know monkeys like this Peter Teeny guy, just <laughs> idiots. You know, and. Um, and other detractors, you know, that are out there that are trying to, you know, discredit very highly skilled and knowledgeable people. Uh, we've seen the government uh, fall into line with, you know, oh, policies yes. and uh, policies. I got, that... a, I got a letter about that today. Did I, you I really? don't know if I can say it on air. Yeah. No, well, I better not. No, uh, no. It's not. It's not even worth it. It's not even worth it. But no, you know, actually, I'll tell you what I can tell you. Can let me tell you this. Okay. Let me tell you this. Can, yeah. I, can I? Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Okay. So, so um, you're talking about immunisation. Well, what I'm saying is that public policy um, is now such that uh, because one particular branch of healthcare has decided that this is the way that has to go, that that is now the only way that people can decide about their health. And there's been such a conversation around it that so many people are fearful because they don't understand enough about it that mm. um, it's now been... Um, put into legislation that you need to behave in a particular way in order to uh, to fall into line. And, and it's very draconian. Um, and I know that many people hear this and go, oh, Damien, you know, you've gone too far this time. But really what I'm saying is that, you know, as human beings, we have the right to choose. And, um, and, and, and I know that this will open up a big debate. But uh, really what I'm saying here is that just because one branch of healthcare says that this is the case, it doesn't mean that it's the only way to go. Well, can I just give you a little bit of a local news in regard to that, what's happening up here? Sure. There oh, is... Well, there was, there's a school or something, isn't it, that's had an outbreak? There's a school? No, oh, well, actually, no, I don't know about that. Oh, no, that's in... Um, uh, that's, the outbreak, I think, is in, in um, here in Melbourne. Oh, wow. And in Brunswick. Okay. So... So let me just tell you what's happening up here. And this might be happening in other parts of Australia. All I know is it's happening in, in my community. And this could be a really good thing in terms of what you're saying about the, the down, the ups and the downs, the booms and the busts. Um, 
in response to this, some schools up here are nervous of what impact this will have on families, but also on the school in terms of uh, uh, in terms of their own coffers. And so, uh, there are schools up here that are actually lowering their fees so that people that aren't part of the rebate for whatever um, can still. Uh, educate their children for similar, maybe slightly more expensive, slightly more money, um, but they're not getting the rebate, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Am I being clear? Yeah, Does that, that makes sense. sense. Yep, yep, so yep. I find that fascinating because that's not being that's not that's not being led by a parent. That's being led by an institution. So this is, you know, kind of what you're saying in terms of. The, this doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we have to say, you know, you've defeated the families or whatever because I think there's institutions which are going to potentially uh, make your point even more clear that we all have a right to choose but there will be people that, uh, I suppose, adapt to those situations somewhat more um, constructively than others because if I, my, I mean, my, when I saw this letter, I was like, if schools are doing that, that, that sends a pretty clear signal. Like it's not just about what impact it has on individuals. It's also about what impact it has on educational facilities. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's far-reaching. It's very far-reaching. But, you know, there's other things that have happened in health as well and happened in, in wellness uh, this year with uh, the understanding that coconut oil may not be the best fat to be cooking with. You know, mm. and, and I know that we broke that on the wellness couch. That was, uh, that was news that was broken on the wellness couch and it rocked the wellness world. Many people have been very disappointed to hear that just means that you just don't deep fry with it right but so that, you know so there's those little things so there's been many many things that have happened in wellness what about uh, i think one of the uh, you know incre- incredibly sad but also when i reflect on it now i think just added to her legacy jess yes. Ainsco's passing yes. wasn't she gorgeous generated yeah. she's a beautiful soul but was generated was that this year that was this year yep. oh, it's it amazing was. goodness gracious yeah oh, gosh if, if it wasn't and i'm sure it was um, but it generated so much debate yeah. amongst people from both sides, let's call it. Well, but what's been great about it is it actually brought a level of conversation um, that was that was public. It wasn't it, it wasn't people talking behind people's back. It was very public, and I think that's been great. And actually, what where the the boom is starting to rise, it's actually wellness is starting to become more inclusive rather than elitist and exclusive. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. But again, you know what happened in, in that regard. And, you know, Jess did such an incredible job at raising awareness for wellness. She had so many hundreds of thousands of people following her and following her journey and wishing her all the very, very best. You know, her journey was was fraught with risk. She struggled with cancer before, um, you know, bef- before she joined her wellness kind of journey. Um, and she'd been through the medical you know profession they offered to chop her arm off she said no thanks and uh, and then decided to go uh, you know on her own um, but the detractors are the most disgusting human beings on the planet the friends of science and medicine and um, <laughs> and just letting them down lightly next time will you oh seriously <laughs> they're just tripe um, and also that that other guy I mentioned before Peter Tierney reasonable Hank those guys um, really got stuck into Jess and Jess's cause and Really, for what she did, yeah, and after, raising she, awareness. Passed away. after, after she, passed she passed away, which is, the day which, that she passed it, away, it is it is weak as woeful, piss. woeful. Those guys are disgraceful, all of them, um, and for them to to bring such um, negative um, press to such a a, a, a fearless, tireless 
champion warrior of wellness like they did. Um, they're, they're disgraceful human beings. And um, and that was a really sad low point for wellness. But again, I, I really do um, love that Jess's legacy has lived on and it's continued to raise conversation and, and raise awareness. And people like Karen Smith have spoken more about it and Kim Morrison spoken more about it. Cindy Amir has spoken more about it and really um, you know, helped to fly the flag for for Jess in her passing and and that's been fantastic. Absolutely. And and what I loved about the the life that Jess lived is that she reminded everyone to live your life on your own terms mm. regardless of what everyone else says. Mm. You know yourself better than anyone else. So be incredibly selfish. And this is what we talk about so often on 100 Not Out. Be selfish with yourself. Love yourself. Live your life, not the life that others expect of you. Because like you said, so many people expected Jess to live a different life. They wanted her to be more conservative, to be more medically minded or whatever choices that she was making. They wanted her to make different choices. But she made the choices best for her. And you can't expect anyone else to be anyone else than themselves. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Beautiful, hey? So what about... yeah, you go. I just think there's going to be another wave. I think we have another wave of wellness, uh, and there's going to be. A, a, maybe it might uh, re, be be reborn in, I suppose, a different sense. Maybe we might start talking about a different word. It may be reinvented. It may not be the word wellness. Um, it's definitely still an industry, and it's the fastest growing industry in the world at the moment. It's growing at twenty percent per year, which is you know beyond any other growth forecast for any other industry in, in any country in the world. Uh, wellness is growing so incredibly fast. So obviously there's going to be detractors because when something like this um, or like anything goes as fast as what it is and, and has so much popularity, of course it's going to attract the opposite uh, type of energy. So I think that we'll see a continual rise and growth of wellness. We definitely will see that. You know, the green kale smoothies will probably you know, ease off a little bit. We'll probably understand that having so many cruciferous vegetables in our diet may or may not be ideal. Um, it, it will be ideal for most people, but it may be challenging for those people with thyroid disorders. Uh, we're gonna, we've already learned that soy is not good. Um, if for most people we're learning about coconut oil, we might find that there's some more superfoods coming out. But I think that what we're going to see is a shift in diet approach. I think we're going to see a, uh, a movement um, back to possibly a bit more of a medium ground um, in the pursuit of the extreme opposite to paleo. I think that's what's going to happen. Oh, wow. Hold mm. your horses. In mm. the pursuit of the extreme opposite mm. to paleo. So are you saying that we have hit the top of the curve? We have met resistance and we are now going down and down and down to the very opposite? <laughs> I wouldn't say down to the opposite. I'd say we're moving across to the opposite extreme. So I think that um, you know when you go to extremes, there's always going to be a revolt and the other extreme is going to, uh, to, to grow in popularity. And I oh think that um, you know, where, where there's been um, activism in a particular uh, for a particular cause or against a particular cause, it, it incites the opposite sort of discussion and and I think that what we might see is a move towards you know more vegetarians and we might see more vegans um, and people going you know what the whole paleo thing didn't really work for me Um, I'm going to bring grains back in I'm going to bring pulses back in I'm going to bring beans and legumes all back into my diet again and I'm going to see how I feel and there'll be a subset you know a very close percentage to nearly 
probably 40% of the population, particularly those 40% of the population who have been doing paleo, who haven't felt great on paleo, will do really, really well on on vegan and vegetarian-style diets. And I think that we'll see a big uprising and a, and a whole new creativity around eating foods that are plant-based and, and meals that are plant-based um, that are still rich in protein and still rich in good dietary yeah. fats, beneficial fats. And I think there'll be a shift which potentially and arguably could be a, um, a more sustainable way for the planet to continue to move forward. This is, this is so I, – I love talking about this and I'm so glad you brought this up. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. I'm truly so grateful that you share – this because I think this really pushes people's buttons. I got a I got a question. You and I, I think, not arguably, I think unarguably, live in in two of the biggest food hotspots in Australia. Oh, for uh, sure. You're in Bayside. Yeah. I'm in Bright. Uh, I'm up in in Byron Shire. If I look in Byron, paleo is not a massive thing. And if I if I'm just going to, and I'm not saying it is, but I'm gonna, if I'm going to say that uh, Byron is a trend setting food capital, yep. um, grain. Yeah. Grain it's on the way back. is very cool. It yeah. is very cool. And we're not talking, you know, highly refined sun blessed. We're just talking <laughs> even even pseudo grains like a, a breakfast bowl yeah. with a, a, a quinoa base yeah. with avocado, um, maybe with an egg on there. Um, but like you say, it's still protein rich, but it's not so extreme. It is that they, they, they are everywhere. And it's not. I think what I love about it, Damo, is that it's not um, it's not antisocial. This is what, and it, probably this is a very one hundred not out philosophy, but it seems very inclusive, much more inclusive to, I suppose, feed people this type of food because I I just get a sense at the cafes I go to, and maybe it's just me, but it's much more of a relaxed nature. You look around, people are happy. Chilling out. You know, they could smiling. be having a latte with cow's milk or a or latte almond milk. with almond milk and yeah. no one cares. And no one cares. Who gives a rat? They're just, and, they're just having a nice little coffee or having a matcha little green tea and, uh, and, and they're it. getting stuck into it, you know what I mean? So they're not really too concerned about it and it's all okay. People are going, oh, you're having a half-strength, decaffeinated, light, skinny soy milk piccolo latte yeah. with artificial sweetener like that's not that it's not that extreme people are now making healthy choices without judgment which i think is really really important and so, i think that yeah. what we'll start to see is that now that um there's an understanding and i think a bit more of a sensibility around you know the potential benefit of many grains as opposed to you know the much of the fear-mongering that was you know promoted associated with grains you know that they contain um, you know, different chemicals, phytates, for example, which are anti-nutrients and they strip nutrients from the body and all these sorts of things, which is, you know, really, for want of a better word, cacophony. It, it really, <laughs> really, what what that was, was just a way to scare people into eating in a particular way. But the understanding that more than two thirds of the world's population lives and thrives and procreates, recreates, um, has the bulk of the economy of the whole of the world. If you combine India and China, uh, and you just look at those two economies, they outstrip all the other economies, you know, combined, and uh, and they all live on grain. So, the, and they're not scared of it either. They're not going to die from eating some some rice. Well, and you look at the South Americans living on quinoa and amaranth and and uh, and millet. They're not dying either. Very very fast as a result of uh, of phytate poisoning or anything else. So. The understanding that these sorts of grains are beneficial, and then also those that have been living, you know, with 
with lentils, look at the Indian populations around the world and uh, and look at um, other things like chickpeas and mung beans and all of these sorts of things that many cultures have lived on, I think we're going to find that people will choose these meals in preference to a big juicy steak or in preference to you know the bacon that's been fried um, in butter or lard um, sitting next to a fried egg. I think they're going to start to choose foods that are easy, easy to digest. We know in, innately and inherently that it's a sensible, smart, healthy food and, uh, and we're just going to move back into a balance again, I think. I've got so many questions. We're gonna we have to make this a double episode. We have to make our first episode of 2016 uh, the big issues, the big issues of 2016. Because I've got so many notes here. You're just okay. pushing my buttons. But just when you when you talk about grain, I, I wanted to ask you. Yes. Are you noticing a shift in Melbourne as well? As again, being a massive foodie part of. Uh, of this country, and we haven't even spoken about the rest of the world. But are you, are you? Well, you did just earlier with your economies. But have you noticed a shift in in Melbourne in terms of menus and yeah. ambiance and, yeah. and attitudes and the rest? Definitely, definitely. Oh, look, there's no doubt that um, that the the cafes and the restaurants that serve meals that are still, you know, more or less down the line of being paleo, um, are still doing very well. Um, but and there's also those that have kind of shifted and moved away from the word paleo and moved towards the word primal, which allows them to bring in um, some of those grain things. So we're definitely seeing that shift. But when I look at a menu these days, and I eat out, oh, let's face it, I eat out every single lunchtime, um, <laughs> and I I eat out probably two or three times a week at dinner time. Um, but you and, love it, you and I'd probably have one or two out. dinner, uh, one or two breakfasts out as well. You know, so and I, and a coffee. You still have a coffee a day. Yep, absolutely. Super so, random. Give them a plug. Super random. Yeah, for sure. Tom Wilson, all those guys. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I look at the menus, and what I'm seeing a lot of is lots of V's. I'm seeing heaps of V's. So I'm seeing vegetarian and vegan. I'm seeing GF. So I'm seeing lots of gluten free. Yep. Um, and you know, they're they're the probably the key things that I'm that I'm starting to see. Um, I'm not seeing a whole lot about fructose, but many people are asking about fructose. You know, people are concerned about garlic and onion. So I think that's going to be continuing. Not so much a trend, but a greater understanding. Um, a lot of people have had irritable bowel syndrome, fructose malabsorption, and burping indigestion, all of those sorts of things which is associated with fructose malabsorption. And I think that we're going to find a greater understanding of that coming through the cafes, the cafeterias, the restaurants. But the vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free meals are becoming more and more um, prominent. Um, we're definitely seeing a movement away from oats. We're seeing more creative types of porridge, which is great. We're seeing more creative types of bircher, which is fabulous. Um, and we're starting to see that we're combining different types of grains um, you know, that are gluten-free in meals um, where otherwise they might have served up potatoes. Wow. Which is There's wiser. so much. It's so much to discuss. Thank you so much for your wisdom. God, time flies doing this podcast. I know people love... Uh, well, they love and they hate that it goes for 20 minutes because they enjoy it so much and they want it to go for longer. That's why we have so many double episodes. But Damo, <laughs> thank you so much. It's true. This has been absolute gold. This is our last podcast for the year. So Damo, thank Great you year. so much for 2015. It's been remarkable and um, and I speak on behalf of every single listener. Thanks for putting so much time aside. I mean, 52 episodes, that's 26 hours best of of recording this year. It's a full day um, and a bit more mm. and everything that you've done for the couch, We've wellness great summits, oh, wellness listen, you know, through. Everything you're you've saying been to me, remarkable. you've done it as well. It's, it's a great team effort, Marcus Pierce and you know, without you driving the couch, we would be nowhere. So thank you so much, mate, for what you're doing that you're doing for us and, uh, and for the wellness world and congratulations on um, exceptional life blueprints and all of that you're bringing out at the moment you're doing some great things 
Oh, you're a dead set legend, Mr. Founder of Forage. <laughs> We're going to start <laughs> dropping brands. <laughs> All right, folks. Thank you so much for your year. Thank you for your support, uh, our wonderful listeners. We are so grateful. There is no 100 Not Out with the support of you. So thank you so much. We promise to bring you even more uh, 100 Not Out wisdom and gold in uh, 2016. We'll be hitting demo. Uh, we'll be going close to episode 200 in 2016. It's, it's amazing, so it's. It's going to be, uh, what are we going to get to? 100 not out. Oh, we're going to go close. 190 odd wow. by the time uh, 2016 finishes up. So we are getting towards 200 not out. And uh, if you've been along with us for every single episode, tell you what, it's been a ride. And the roller coaster continues. Thank you so much. Um, again, remember, folks, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide it in any number of ways. The best is to go to the website, thewellnesscatch.com forward slash 100 not out. If you've liked this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Check out thewellnesscatch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. And I might say one more thing. If you're going to make one big decision in 2016, maybe make three, but definitely look at coming to Ikaria. Go to 100notout.com, 100notout.com. That could be the biggest and best New Year's resolution of your life. That is going to be one unforgettable trip. Until next week, as always, make the rest of your life the best of your life. See you in 2016. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Wellness Couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.